From Happy Cat Studio in Indianapolis, Indiana, it's time once again for the Rick's Rambles podcast. It's the week of September 25th, 2023. Let's get right into our fun facts of the week. Fun facts. Well, fall has arrived. The apple orchards are open. We're drinking cider. It's all about apples in the fall for some folks, and I certainly appreciate that. I do like a good apple, and I love cider. What better time to take a look at one of America's folklore legends, Johnny Appleseed. Unlike Paul Bunyan, Johnny Appleseed was a real person. His name was John Chapman. Today's fun facts are all about Johnny Appleseed. Number one, he was a child of war. Born in Leominster, Massachusetts on September 26, 1774, John Chapman grew up in the midst of the American Revolution. War in which his father served as a Minuteman at the Battle of Bunker Hill and helped construct the defenses of New York against British invasion with George Washington. While his father would survive the war, John's mother did not, dying in childbirth in July 1776. In 1780, Chapman's father returned home and began to teach his son farming. Well, we often think of Johnny Chapman or Johnny Appleseed as a meandering planter, but he really wasn't. He was an orchardist and a nurseryman, and by the early 1800s, he was working his own orchards. While his legend imagines him as a messy nomad, in reality, Chapman was much more pragmatic. Frontier law allowed people to lay claim to land development through the use of a permanent homestead. Such a claim could be made by planting 50 apple trees. So in his travels through Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois, Chapman would plant swaths of seeds to begin an orchard, then sell them to settlers once the land had grown bountiful. This made him quite the land baron as he had traversed 100,000 square miles of Midwestern wilderness and prairie. When he died on March 11, 1845 at the age of 70, he owned about 1,200 acres of land. Number three, the apples that he planted, they weren't for eating. They were small and tart, and they were called spitters, named for what you likely would do if you took a bite of one. But this made them ideal for making hard cider and applejack. This was a far more valuable crop than edible apples. In a book called The Botany of Desire, A History of Apples in Early America, that's an interesting book it sounds like, it's written, Up until Prohibition, an apple grown in America was far less likely to be eaten than to wind up in a barrel of cider. In rural areas, cider took the place of wine, beer, coffee, tea, juice, and even water, because water could house dangerous bacteria, but cider was safe. Well, I think we've all probably seen pictures or drawings of Johnny Appleseed, not pictures. And his signature look is pretty true to life. Chapman was often noted for his threadbare clothes and preference for bare feet. But these eccentricities may have been offerings of his faith. This Church of Swedenborg, also known then as the New Church, a Christian denomination established in 1787. The second part of his signature look, that sack of apple seeds, was most definitely accurate. Because the church forbade members from harming God's creation, I love that, Chapman became a vocal animal rights activist and a vegetarian. He also refused to use grafting to create his orchards, believing that this growing technique physically hurt the plants. So he carried a large sack of seeds everywhere he traveled. However, we've often seen drawings of him in a tin pot hat that has never been authenticated. Well, speaking of planting seeds, he planted no metaphorical seed. Another strongly held belief of Chapman was that marriage was not for him. 
As the Church of Swedenborg promoted abstinence for the unmarried, Chapman remained chaste his entire life, leaving no children to inherit his land or curtail the tall tales that sprouted like his trees did. Number six, in his death, he grew legendary. Although some say Chapman had picked up his nickname by 1806, it wasn't until after his death in 1845 that the legend of Johnny Appleseed really took off. Considering his distinctive look, uncommon views, and contribution to the settling of the frontier, it's little wonder his legend proved so powerful. Of course, over the years, he was made to seem less a businessman and more of a planter, but he actually was both. And number seven. Remember we talked about his apples were mostly for hard cider and applejack? Prohibition killed much of his legacy. By the time the U.S. government outlawed alcohol in 1920, Chapman had become an American folk hero. But this didn't stop the FBI agents from wielding their axes and cutting down his apple trees in an attempt to stop the alcohol and hard cider trade. What a legend. There you have it, our fun facts today about Johnny Appleseed. Well, this week's good news story is going to start with me saying something that's probably not going to be good news to some of you all, and that is it's time to start thinking about Christmas. Believe it or not, it's not that far away. Part of that comes from my role as a pastor where I have to be thinking months ahead as far as what we're going to be doing at church and so on. But I remember last year at Christmas that our church reached out and really helped some families in need, and I stumbled across this story about a group of people called Layaway Angels and it has really spoke to me, and I want to share it with you. A beautiful new trend took over during the 2022 holiday season. Anonymous do-gooders paid off other people's store layaway accounts as an act of kindness. Lisa, a single mom with paralysis, was the beneficiary of one of these layaway angels. Months ago, she had put toys and clothes into a layaway program at Burlington. It was a tough year, and by Christmas, she still didn't have the money to purchase her children's gifts. Not only would she lose the items she had picked out specifically for her kids, but she would also lose her layaway deposit. There was no easy solution. She simply did not have the money. Then she got a call from a representative of the Burlington store with good news. An anonymous couple had come into the store and paid off $500 in layaway items, including those belonging to Lisa. They were interested in items that had been on layaway for the longest time, the store rep told her. The man told the store rep he simply wanted to do something nice at Christmas time. Lisa's story isn't the only one touched by the layaway angels this year. Reports from all over the country are popping up on social media with grateful shoppers sharing how they discovered their held items had been paid off for them, sometimes in full. Well, the layaway angels prefer to remain anonymous, and Lisa had no way to contact them directly, so she went to the local news station and let folks know what had happened to her. This story has really caught my imagination. You know, I think all of us have folks in our circle, folks around us who are in need, and we may not be in the position to be a layaway angels, or we might be, but I'm sure there is something we can think about doing with Christmas coming up to help make the world a little better place. Today's good news story. I so appreciate all of you coming along on this journey with me to try to make the world a little more positive place. And don't forget, 
my journey into making the world a more positive place doesn't end with the podcast. It kind of begins here, but you can find Rick's Rambles spreading positivity on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And I hope you'll follow along on those platforms for unique content on all of those platforms. If you'd like to support what I do, the easiest thing to do is simply share it on your own social media and let folks know what you're listening to. If you'd like to support financially, I've partnered with a company named MyFollow. It's a company that sells wildlife tracking bracelets, and they support wildlife conservation and positive content on the Internet. These bracelets are amazing. I'll put a link in the show notes, and you can purchase one for yourself. Also, if you'd like to do something, you can just buy me a cup of coffee, and I will put a link there also. Once again, I appreciate you being a part of my journey. This week, we are celebrating National One-Hit Wonder Day. I love one-hit wonders. I am just fascinated by the whole culture of one-hit wonders and how some bands, some absolutely stellar bands, only manage to have one hit and then fade off of the face of the earth. So today, we're going to go back to the 1970s. I'm going to run down some of the best one-hit wonders of the 1970s. Up first, In the Summertime by Mungo Jerry. They were truly a one-hit wonder here in the States. They hit number three in 1970 with In the Summertime. I love that song. But they were a big deal in Britain and the British Isles and in Europe. Had lasting success there, but they only had that one hit here in the States. Up next, Love Grows Where My Rosemary Goes by Edison Lighthouse. I love that song. Who remembers The Rapper by Jaggers? 1970 was an interesting time in music. We were coming out of the 60s. 1970s music was just developing. And I think that song may have came out a little too early to give them true lasting success but what a great song 1970 was such a banner year for one hit wonders the top charts were just full of one hit wonders including ride captain ride by blues image a bluesy funky sound by the way i saw an interview with donald fagan who credits blues image as giving him part of his vision for steely dan spirit in the sky a Jewish gentleman singing about Jesus. Perhaps the most unlikely combination, the 1960s, late 1960s and early 1970s were all about a search for spirituality. I love that time in our culture. Jesus Revolution is a great example of that, and that's one of those songs. Vehicle by the Ides of March. Who remembers Mr. Big Stuff by Gene Knight? Dancing in the Moonlight, King Harvest, Chevy Van by Sammy Johns, 1973. You were nobody if you didn't have a customized Chevy Van. Stuck in the Middle with You. Perhaps one of the best one-hit wonders of all time, maybe. Some say it was a novelty record. I don't think it was. Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. Seasons in the Sun, Terry Jacks. By the way, was Terry Jacks really a one-hit wonder? Well, only kind of. Because he had one hit as Terry Jacks with Seasons in the Sun, but he and his wife were the Poppy family who also had a hit with Which Way You Goin', Billy? Who remembers that one? 75, we start kicking in the disco era with The Hustle by Van McCoy. And although on stage I play mostly folk and bluegrass music, I have to tell you, I love disco music. I 
sincerely love it, and I miss the disco days. Who remembers Afternoon Delight by the Starland Vocal Band? Play that funky music by Wild Cherry, and I'm going to wrap up the list of the best one-hit wonders of the 1970s with Turn the Beat Around by Vicki Sue Robinson. What's your favorite one-hit wonder of the 1970s? I would love to know. And it's time for our special days for this week. Today, Monday the 25th, is National Comic Book Day, National One-Hit Wonder Day, National Lobster Day, and National Quesadilla Day. Tuesday the 26th, Johnny Appleseed Day, National Lumberjack Day, and it's National Dumpling Day. Wednesday the 27th is National Chocolate Milk Day, National Corned Beef Hash Day, and it's National Day of Forgiveness. Thursday the 28th, National Drink Beer Day, National Good Neighbor Day, and it's National Strawberry Cream Pie Day. That's one of my favorites. Friday the 29th is Hug a Vegetarian Day, National Coffee Day, and National Biscotti Day. Saturday the 30th, International Podcast Day, Chewing Gum Day, and it's National Hot Mold Cider Day. And can you believe it? Sunday is October the 1st. It's CD Player Day, National Homemade Cookie Day, and it's International Music Day. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the Rick's Rambles podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time with me because I've sure enjoyed my time with you. Please take a moment, share it on your social media, let folks know what you're listening to. And until next week, be kind to as many people as you can, as often as you can. We'll start right now and we'll make the world a better place.